Hello, and welcome to the Casa Bonita podcast, a podcast about the Denver real estate market with a side of pop culture and local history. Every week, we'll go over topics such as average days on market for a Cap Hill condo, how Thanos' infinity gauntlet would affect the real estate market, tips and tricks for making your Casa Mas Bonita, and fun facts about our namesake, the restaurant in Lakewood, Colorado, made famous by South Park, Casa Bonita. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, broker owner of Bluebird Real Estate Group with locations in Lakewood, Colorado and Boulder County, Colorado, Claire Spar. This week, I'm sharing a recent fun conversation with my good friend, Meredith Gershberg, owner of Design Resource Group and the founder and executive director of Sleep Tight Colorado. We tip our hats to friend and business banker, Cindy Grove at Mountain View Bank of Commerce. Cindy was a guest of the pod on episode nine, when we talked about how she was able to pivot and adapt her newly purchased business, Colorado Tack and Supply, during the pandemic. You can find that episode on our website, casabonitapod.com. Anyway, Meredith and I reminisce about the mullets and mustaches party where we met. We think it was about 14 years ago. And later, Meredith shares her story of migration to Colorado from New Jersey by way of San Francisco. She also shares the story of her late aunt, Carol, who inspired her to start Sleep Tight Colorado 10 years ago, which has donated 4,452 sleeping bags to people experiencing homelessness in Colorado to date. We talk about Meredith's one-star review of Casa Bonita, and I share the current status updates for the restaurant. Have you been listening to the pod for a while? We would love it if you show your support with a positive review on Apple Podcasts, or on our website. Again, that's www.casabonitapod.com. Thanks for listening. Stick around. Okay, so, Meredith, I am, for our listeners, for our listeners. Oh, Jesus, I started. (laughs) Is this official? Is that how you're greeting me? (laughs) It's recording, but I'll take out all the stupid stuff. Unless the unless the, what are you gonna be left with? Unless the stupid stuff is like funny, I'll take out anything that you you don't like. I'll send you a copy of it before oh. it goes out, and you can be like, "I don't like that part." All right, let's go. All right. <laughs> okay, so um, to set the scene, I am doing a rare in-person Casa Bonita podcast interview. With the sexy and accomplished, she's shaking her head and silently laughing, Meredith Gershberg, owner of Design Resource Group. And Meredith, I like to start each show out with a shout out to like somebody doing something cool and like to connect the other episodes. So this shout out is going out to Cindy Grove. Hey, Cindy. Uh, banker extraordinaire. She and, sure is. Um, I interviewed her a while back, but her episode, I haven't... Actually, her episode comes out this week, this coming week. Okay, I'll be so ready. I'm finishing up with the edits. So I would love... I met Cindy through you, and I would love for you to share for our audience why we love Cindy and how you've worked with her recently. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, Cindy Grove is an amazing business banker and she really cares about her customers. Yeah. So I met her through a networking group uh, called Strategic Connections about five years ago and um, decided to leave a big bank that I was with that I just wasn't getting great service Mm -hmm. and move my finances for my business to her bank and have since followed her to a second bank. So she is now with Mountain View Bank of Commerce, Mm -hmm. a small local bank. But her level of customer service and care is there with any need that I have. And the latest big need that I had was buying a building. (laughs) And I needed a business loan for that. And so she took care of getting me the loan and working with Colorado Lending Source and making sure it all fell in line on time, similarly to working with a mortgage broker for a home purchase. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through a business bank. And you got Uh, an SBA loan, right? I did, yes. Um, There was a moment of deciding like maybe we had to switch gears and do it residential style because Mm -hmm. my property is licensed for live work. Mm. But um, I didn't want to take that on personally, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. personal loan. I mean, it's still all me Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, but I just (laughs) wanted it separate. And, um, and financially, it was much better to do the SBA loan. So uh-huh. Cindy walked me through all of that uh-huh. and have been like super happy with their service. When uh-huh. I call the bank for anything, they just know me. Wow. That's so that's impressive. pretty special for a local bank. So Definitely. Cindy is awesome and um, cares about our clients. Mm-hmm. And shouldn't we all care about our clients no matter your industry? Yeah. I, I, um, have really enjoyed getting to know Cindy and she just is really good at connecting with people. She's a relationship person for sure. Yes. So while you and I met, um, Oh, thank you for introducing us. Oh, you know what? We should do another shout out since we were talking about that project Mm -hmm. that you did with Cindy to Susan Borden. Yes. I needed she helped Susan with that too. in on the last minute. So Susan is an environmentalist. I really hope I get this all right. Her company is called um, Indigo. And because once upon a time, decades upon decades ago, there was a laundry service company on the land where my office condo now sits, mm-hmm. we had to have an environmental study done. Yeah. She ran in the last like 11th hour to get this document done. And basically after like 500 pages, her statement is, there is no evidence a laundry company was ever there. (laughs) Like no chemicals, there's no basement, there's no soil, there's no grass. It's downtown, so there's concrete on the sidewalk. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and she submitted that to the SBA and Colorado lending source and they uh, gave me my loan. That's great. So Cindy pulls in all the people that are needed to close the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great that I could help um, another friend in their business. Another woman owned business. Yeah. Meredith, you and I met through a Yelp party. It was a mustaches and mullets party. Yes. It was at Atomic Cowboy. 10 years ago? 
Well, you were not pregnant. That's true. So how old is Zephyr now? Zephyr is nine. So and we were friends for at least two years before I ever got pregnant. Yeah, I feel like it's 11, 12 years. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I do remember coming to your baby shower and doing like iron-on onesies. Oh, yeah, that was fun. um, Yeah, so I didn't realize until I met one of my friends from work, Crystal, introduced me to Yelp. Mm. so I like this story. So she put together a mac and cheese tour. I'm like, uh-huh. what? So she arranged. We went to like, I think, three or four places along South Broadway, um, including restaurants that are still there, the Hornet, um, uh, Sputnik across uh-huh. the street, and another place. And I didn't know anyone except for Crystal. Uh-huh. And I'm not always so comfortable with throwing myself out there. Yeah. I mean, I do sometimes for work go to events where I don't know anyone. But... I'm sitting at a table with like five dudes I just met, and I'm sure Hans was one of them, uh-huh. a little friend of Claire's. Shout out to Hans. <laughs> and we talked about who has the best bacon in Denver. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. <laughs> I didn't realize that other people could think about food in such detail as to who has the best bacon, like I did. I noticed a coaster that you have in here that says, I'd rather be drinking bacon. My friend Jamie got me these cute bacon-themed coasters. I love them. So um, that was, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And I've made some genuine friends Mm -hmm. uh, going to taco tours that people planned. Mm -hmm. I planned some tours Mm -hmm. that you came on Mm -hmm. sort of all before Sleep Tight Colorado and had more free time. But um, going to taco tours and events that our friends would plan were super fun. And we became friends, like, in the real world. Like, not just living in a virtual bubble and... And had no idea that, like, Yelp could do that. Yeah. When I've told people, like, oh, I know this person through Yelp, they just assume that everyone I know through Yelp is, like, this opinionated asshole. Because, <laughs> like, we all write reviews, you know? <laughs> well, I don't have time to write reviews so much these days. I check in at places. Uh-huh. Um, I'll still take food pictures. But, like, I've hardly gone out in seven months. So, <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's more than just food. I it mean, is. I use it to like find a tire place or yeah. like um, just any service. And Everyone it's something it's that that can be. Um, it can really support local businesses in a major way. I, I've known some business owners who have done really well, just because they have great Yelp reviews. You know? Yeah, not everyone loves Yelp. That's, That's true. Fine. We're not, we are not getting all like deep into that. But no. um, what's funny is, so my my mom just had a birthday, uh-huh. and for her 60th, we took her to Vegas. Uh-huh. And like m- the last morning I was there, we all went to the Win brunch, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah. And I took some pictures and I posted them on Yelp. Okay. I'm not gonna say how old my mom is now, but it's been a while. We'll say. And I still get likes. Oh, from um, that which I'm air quoting right now, likes yeah. on Yelp from pictures I posted quite a while ago. Because <laughs> they were like, good pictures from their amazing buffet. <laughs> Thomas and I got married in Vegas, and we went to the Wynn Buffet after we got married. We had to wait in line for a long ass time. <laughs> I don't know. What I do remember is that um, we had one person who was not doing the bottomless mimosas, mm. and they, by accident, I think, rang it up opposite of, oh. like, 
one person having oh, the mimosas and everyone else and they charge seven per drink. Oh, shit. Not? No, no. This came out ahead. We got like seven free bottomless mimosas oh. and left there with to-go cups filled with Prosecco. Yeah. It was a long day. Yeah. <laughs> I knew we would sidetrack from fun. banking and environmental studies to Always. Vegas. Always. May I have some more wine, yeah. madam? Should we tell our visitors we are We're drinking, drinking wine. It's a Friday evening. It is a Friday evening. I did share on my most recently released episode um, with this friend that I have who's a librarian. Her name's Wendy. I don't think you guys have met. But uh, she she likes creepy things, so I brought her in for the Halloween episode. Oh, no. And I was like, this is what I did to prepare. Because I was like so nervous. I'm not nervous for this. Thank goodness. But I was like, I did a workout. And I drank brandy. And I like. <laughs> what does all that have to do with Halloween? Oh, no. That was that. Sorry. That was connecting to sharing with our audience that we're drinking oh. right now. Oh, like you earned it. Yeah. I did a fit wall exercise this morning. That was super hard. Very good. So, Very good. It. Cheers. <laughs> Okay, so, all right, everyone, I know that you've been dying for a formal introduction to our guest, Meredith Gershberg. Meredith has a degree in interior design from CSU, which is what brought her to Colorado in 1998. Um, oh, it's a sort of a funny story about picking CSU weeks before classes started. <laughs> so we need to hear that okay. story. And she's involved with Women in Design and Colorado Thought Leaders Forum Strategic Connections. So I had gone out to school in San Francisco, age 18, graduated high school back uh -huh. in 1997. And yes, I just dated myself. And it wound up not being for me. I love San Francisco. Um, beautiful city. Just the school and, and the situation wasn't quite right. And my mom was super supportive. Um, never once to my face at least said I told you so and she immediately helped me like figure out you know the next step of yeah. applying to other schools to transfer mm -hmm. and yet I was still in school and I wanted to finish well because like school is money mm -hmm. and um, needed good grades obviously for transferring so I applied to a variety of schools a couple in New York that were backups and CSU their interior design program is accredited, so it makes your degree better. Like mm -hmm. you went to a school that's passed tests and, mm -hmm. and that um, they have a great program. Mm -hmm. So uh, it came down to like maybe a month before classes were going to start. Mm -hmm. And CSU had like lost my SAT scores. Oh, no. And it got to the point where like just have your high school guidance counselor call us in and we'll take it over the phone. Wow. And so then I called, and I think now we're, like, seriously under four weeks. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, you got in. And normally, if you call a school, I'd imagine it is the, still the same 20-something years later. Like, they don't tell you anything over the phone, but maybe right. they felt pressured because, like, we were lost 30 stuff. days right. out from school starting. So um, my mom and I, like, got plane tickets right away, and we drove out. Or sorry, we flew into Denver. Mm -hmm. uh, DIA was still a very new airport. I think it opened the year before. Mm -hmm. um, so this is summer of '98, 
and we're driving and like think back to that age you could just sleep in the car while your mom drove everywhere mm. so i think i was asleep between the, the airport to fort collins <laughs> and then we spent a couple days in denver uh-huh. because so i decided to go obviously i'm still here i love colorado this is home i like am so enthusiastic about yeah. colorado and love like everything except camping um <laughs> so that's just never gonna happen <laughs> so um i flew back like three weeks later mm-hmm. um and i am by myself because my mom's like i already moved you to college once you're on your own so i have to line up the super shuttle from the airport to fort collins uh-huh. And I am now wide awake mm-hmm. looking at my surroundings, which back in 1998, there was nothing from the airport to like the Waffle House at Longmont and then nothing until Prospect Boulevard. Oh my God. Now, obviously, tons of residential yeah. and stores and malls and outlets, but like I am a city girl. You were like going to a cow What town. am I doing? <laughs> and again, I love Fort Collins. Go Rams. Yes. Like, it's on my license plate. <laughs> but. Back in 1998, this was like culture shock. Yeah. And so that is how I wound up here. (laughs) And it took a while to um, adjust to the pace um, and the lifestyle. Yeah. I still get pegged for an East Coaster. I am from New Jersey, Uh born in New York City. So legally, I can say New York City. (laughs) (laughs) But like coming out here at 19... From San Francisco by way of New York, New Jersey to Fort Collins, which was very different 20 mm-hmm. plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And that is how I wound up here. Well, I'm so glad that um, you didn't like San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, I'll still always go. But, <laughs> but yes, I love Colorado. Yeah. So how long were you... Um, did you spend a whole year in San Francisco? I stayed, yeah, for oh, okay. a whole year. Um, oh, okay. And then did four years at CSU. So I was on the five-year program. Oh, okay. Did you ever make your way over to Davis? No. <laughs> I, I'd have to look at a map to see where that is, but I know you <laughs> yeah. and Thomas met there. Yeah, yeah, that's where. I went to junior high, high school, and college in Davis. So I learned something on your podcast that oh. I listened to. I think it was yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, I don't... Maybe I knew and forgot that you were born in Texas. Yeah. Because I've just always associated you with California and moving here. Yeah, yeah. So I've never sensed any kind of southern... Every now and then... With or without alcohol. It comes out in my speech. My California friends tell me sometimes. Maybe they just want to make fun of you. I'm okay with that. Well, I've never heard it. Because I would make fun of you. (laughs) So, um, tell us about your businesses. Um, so the business that pays the bills, which Mm -hmm. I do love what I do is a design resource group. I'm a furniture wholesaler. Mm -hmm. So I work with commercial manufacturers and provide their products to businesses of all types and sizes. So business is anything but a home. Mm -hmm. So it could be a restaurant, a corporate office, any type of business, government, um, that's not a home. I say that because <laughs> it's a special type to work on home projects. Sure. So yeah. um, I work with my customers to find their solutions, what's going to fit in their budget, aesthetic, lead time, 
Um, everyone wants everything now. So even though they think they're planning with enough time, sometimes we're down to crunch and mm-hmm. it's okay. What style can we get that you like and can afford in three weeks? Mm-hmm. So, um, I love it. I've been in the industry. I love that I get to use the degree that I paid mm-hmm. for in college, mm-hmm. student loans and, um, <laughs> And I love my clients, all all types. And um, I do projects out of state as well and contract installers all over the country who are there like supporting me. Mm-hmm. So because I love that job, it allowed me to start my nonprofit mm-hmm. called Sleep Tight Colorado. And I distribute sleeping bags to the homeless through organizations that have outreach programs in place. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I'm not standing on the corner of Broadway and 6th Ave handing Hand out sleeping bags. I knew that was never going to be part of Sleep Tight's plan. Yeah. For a multiples of reasons, but yeah. let's say I'm a single woman. Yeah. So um, I work with organizations throughout Denver, Longmont, Boulder, Fort Collins, Colorado Springs. Um, a lady came to me yesterday from Evergreen to get sleeping bags. So... I get requests, um, yeah. but I've definitely built relationships with about eight different larger organizations that have mm-hmm. outreach programs in place. Mm-hmm. So I'll do fundraising events and buy new sleeping bags and get them distributed. And I track it on an Excel spreadsheet and just try to divvy up equally to the different organizations. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of the niche is sleeping yeah. bags. And that's great. They are needed. Yeah. Um, we are heading into cold cold nights. Definitely. And um, yeah, so we're coming up on 10 years in January. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know I knew you for at least like two or three years before you started. Definitely. So 13, 14? Probably. Let's not date ourselves too much. <laughs> we look fabulous. That's all you need to know. Well, you don't age. <laughs> Oh, I love you. <laughs> I'm making Claire dinner after this, so she has to be nice. <laughs> She's handling my food, people. <laughs> okay, so back in the day, and you yeah. did bring this up before, um, the tours, mm-hmm. all the tours we would do. Yeah, I planned um, an ice cream, ice cream burger tour and a uh-huh. gelato, gelato burger tour. Oh, okay. There I didn't realize there two. were two separate ones. I think I did you know, one they of are, them. They are different. Yeah. Um, so we had a route I posted on Yelp, like you can make an event, at mm-hmm. least you could pre-COVID, and um, said, okay, everyone, we're going to meet at location number one on bikes. Everyone was on bikes, whether they like drove and then had their bikes or just biked from their home. And yep. obviously these were locations like equal easy to get to yeah so um i remember one year we met at a place in cherry creek north mm-hmm. and then we biked to a place like all the way downtown so about five miles because mm-hmm. figure like burn a calorie or two between <laughs> gelato ice cream places and then headed back to the cherry cricket that's the one i was on, okay i'm pretty so sure so we probably had like 12 people which yeah. was super fun yeah um and we would hang out at the locations and then we got to Cherry Cricket and, you know, everyone ordered burgers. Yeah. So if you've not been to Cherry Cricket, it is like a staple in Cherry Creek North area. And they also have a downtown location. And their burgers come in red plastic, um, what do you call this? Baskets. Baskets, yeah. Yeah. 
And the waiters are so talented and they can stack them up on their arms, you know, piles high. And I remember this, okay? The guy comes, the waiter, with all of the burgers and he's yelling at them. And then he says, turkey burger. And 11 out of 12 of us were like, who ordered the turkey burger? Next level. <laughs> and it was a friend of ours. But that was like super funny. Not tasting turkey. I eat it like every day. Um, and I make turkey burgers, but it was just so funny that like, I think you like cherry cricket, like beef burger. Yeah. It's like getting a burger. One out of 13, 12, so 13 funny. people ordered a turkey burger, but the way it was presented. It was like record scratch. Like, yeah, exactly. So, um, that was really fun. And then another one, maybe you weren't at this one is how, um, I met our mutual friend Sheree came. Uh-huh. And our first place starting was at Little Man, which is up a big hill mm-hmm. for almost everyone to get to. Mm-hmm. And Cherie comes and uh, first time I'm meeting her and she's awesome and um, is out of breath and wishing she had her inhaler. I'm like, OMG, like, you I don't want someone passing out on my food tour. <laughs> I totally felt responsible. So that day we went to two places super close and then we were going to a burger spot downtown. And so when we headed back downtown, she had to pass her house at the time and she picked Snagged up her, her inhaler. And I think by then we exchanged cell phone numbers really quickly. And then we go to a burger place and they were closed. Like something happened and like they were just closed that day, like uh-huh. something in the kitchen. And so, man, this is so long ago. I think we wound up like going for margaritas at the Rio and then went back to Cherry Cricket in Cherry Creek or something like. I definitely was not on that tour. Okay. We met Cherie and like separately, but we clicked with her separately and then... Yeah. It was probably over our love of cocktails and the ability of our husband, now husband Mike, to make them. <laughs> um, he makes a good cocktail. Cherie organizes a good, you know, night out with yeah. people. So Yelp brought friends together. It did. Friends that like really are did. in the real world. That's yeah. what we're trying to say. Totally. Um. I would love to know what you are reading, watching, listening to, to stay sane. Well, I'm an avid reader. I would say I've even read more this summer than normal because I've had weekends free, which Mm -hmm. I want to just kind of segue back a second to Sleep Site Colorado. Yeah. Normally, we have a 5K pajama Mm -hmm. jog every August, and this summer was supposed to be our 10th annual 5k pajama jog which claire always helps at um so because of covid we could not do that this year in person and went virtual and we had wonderful participants from all over the country this year um from new jersey to texas and mostly colorado Uh so that freed up weekends because i used to walk the streets Oh, that's Not right. in a bad way. Um, promoting the 5K, <laughs> meeting business owners, like popping in and out of businesses, asking them to like put up the flyer in their window or a spot somewhere in the back of the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would spend hours on my feet for a good seven weekends leading up to the event. So mm-hmm. pretty much July and all of August. So with going virtual, 
while not so great that we didn't raise as much money Mm -hmm. as we would have liked, uh, it did free up a lot more time for me personally Mm -hmm. to go hiking and read more. Mm -hmm. So thank you to everyone that did participate virtually. And I do so hope we are back together live next summer because we're going to call that our 10th annual 5K. Yes. Um, and I already have my date. Like I already have a reservation with the city. We nice. just need um, to be in a healthier state. Yeah. So I read a lot. And now also because there's not like too much new TV programming on, like mm-hmm. nonsense that I'm not going to all admit to that I watch at night. <laughs> um, I read even more. Uh-huh. So um, I love like historical fiction and a few books I've read recently, um, upon discovering that there's a thing called Prime Reading. Oh, I didn't if, know about this. Yeah. So if you have Amazon Prime, whether uh-huh. your account or maybe your siblings like I have, um, <laughs> Prime Reading is free books. Oh. So I am a huge fan of Denver Public Library and yeah. the e-books, but like, I don't always see the book I want or I'm on the waiting list and it says like you're yeah. 12 weeks out. Yeah. So... Prime reading, free mm-hmm. books, or super, super cheap. Mm-hmm. So um, a really enjoyable book I finished last week was called The Tuscan Child. Okay. I love Italy. Uh-huh. I definitely need to go spend like months living and eating there. Mm-hmm. And then um, another one that took place in England was called The Art of Inheriting Secrets. Okay. And then a book I really enjoyed, which sort of had this like rustic sense to it, which was historical fiction. Um, and at the end of the book, they had pictures, which was really cool. Oh, that is cool. The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. That sounds familiar. I might have told you about it. Yeah, maybe you you're did. you're an avid reader as well. Yeah. And that was about librarians in rural parts of the country Huh. Who rode by horse delivering books to families? Oh, that's awesome! And it's a real thing. It What's really it called happened. again? The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek. Okay, I no relation it. to Troublesome Fire. <laughs> Just to say, good to clarify. In Colorado, yeah. Um, yeah. it did not take place in Colorado. I cannot remember right now what state the story took place, but I loved seeing the real photos at the end of these librarians on horseback that delivering so books badass <laughs> yeah it was really cool so i highly recommend that book oh, that's um, awesome and the tuscan child was well i mean i really do like it all i'm reading yeah. one book now i'm having a little trouble getting into but it's one of those like everyone says it's so good and it was like, turned into give a, it a tv chance. series oh the chapters are very long <laughs> at the bottom of the book my i have a e-reader it's mm-hmm. like 33 minutes to finish this chapter. I'm like, I am not going to be awake for 33 more minutes. (laughs) So it kind of just jumps around a lot where Uh I feel like it should have had chapter breaks. Oh, uh Instead of it, it's only 15 chapters. Yeah. It should be 30 Mm -hmm. and all of these like broken up. So I'm reading um, Man on the High Castle, which was turned into a prime series, which I have not yet watched because I like to read books. First. Before I see yeah. the movie or the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. What are you reading? Well, I just finished reading Hidden Valley Road, which is a story about a family in um, Colorado Springs, and they have 10 children, I think, 10 or 12 children. Oh, my. Yeah. 
Um, and like uh, most of them are um, schizophrenic. And so it created this like excellent group for studying the like mental illness because they all grew up in a similar, you know, setting. And I'll be honest with you, I went back and forth between the the book and like the audiobook and there were parts where I fell asleep listening to the audiobook and I did not make a huge effort to go back to make sure it. that I didn't miss anything. So I think I think I probably did. Do you have a favorite person in this family? No. <laughs> they're all a little eccentric. Yeah. I don't want to be insensitive. No, it's okay. I mean, um, it's a mental illness. Yeah. I, it's um, a lot in one family. It's like, a lot. I cannot even imagine. A lot. And their parents were, um, you know, it was a time when they, it was like 60s and late 60s, like to 70s. And um, they just kind of like were sort of in denial, like didn't acknowledge what was going on and a lot of them ended up in like institutions and it's a it's a sad story um so i i honestly didn't love it you need like a chiclet right now yeah there is no shame okay i do want to take a moment to say i didn't totally love the book but i do totally and completely love the person who recommended the book to me you know who you are um this book just hit me at a moment when I just wasn't ready for it, but it is well-reviewed and critically acclaimed, so what do I know? Listeners to a good chiclet. I just didn't list them because I wanted to sound, like, intelligent on this podcast, <laughs> but there is no shame in a little romance novel. Well, I did read... And there read... are plenty of those on Prime Reading. Just Maybe saying. I should just read a library. romance novel. Currently, I'm reading Phoebe Robinson's Everything is Trash, But It's Okay, which was recommended to me by Wendy, the librarian, who was on my uh, podcast. And um, I'm just always adding, like, recommendations on my Libby app. Okay. Well, know? we'll talk post-recording about some good chiclet. Excellent. I'm just not ready to admit <laughs> everything that I read right now to the general public. I did just finish reading Deacon King Kong, which, which was really good. And it's, it's set in New York Deacon. and like this like, Deacon King Kong. So in the actual live conversation with Meredith, I cut myself off on describing the book because I was a little too tipsy to even recap the book. <laughs> but I wanted to give Deacon King Kong its fair, um, a fair portrayal because I really enjoyed it. All right. So it's a, it's a book by James McBride. This is how it's described on Goodreads. In September 1969, a fumbling, cranky old church deacon known as Sportcoat shuffles into the churchyard of the Cause Houses housing project in South Brooklyn, pulls a 38 from his pocket, and in front of everybody, shoots the project's drug dealer at point-blank range. In Deacon King Kong, McBride brings to vivid life the people affected by the shooting, the victim, the African-American and Latinx residents who witnessed it, the white neighbors, the local cops assigned to investigate, the members of the Five Ends Baptist Church where Sportcoat was a deacon, the neighborhood's Italian mobsters, and Sportcoat himself. As the story deepens, it becomes clear that the lives of the characters caught in the tumultuous swirl of 1960s New York overlap in unexpected ways. 
When the truth does emerge, McBride shows us that not all secrets are meant to be hidden, that the best way to grow is to face change without fear, and that the seeds of love lie in hope and compassion. In this time when we can't get out and travel and see the world, I've really been enjoying books that have a strong sense of time and place. And this one is definitely one of those. So it's called Deacon King Kong and it's by James McBride. Okay. Yeah. So you told us a little bit about how Sleep Tight Colorado was affected by the change in plans the this world. weekend, this, uh, not weekend, this summer. Um, I'd love to hear more about like how it's affected Sleep Tight Colorado impacts to your business and, you know, just like... How, or how, how COVID your impacted yeah. sleep tight. Yeah. Um, well, so um, as mentioned, 5K got turned virtual and mm-hmm. so appreciative of every dollar donated. Um, sleep tight, 100% is volunteer run. I don't pay myself. I have no paid employees. And in the eyes of the IRS, my mom and my older sister are my board members. Uh-huh. Like, yep. From when I filled out my 501c3 paperwork uh-huh. 10 plus years ago. <laughs> So, um, all the shelters and programs that we support with sleeping bags still need them all. Not one of them has a line item in their budget for sleeping bags. So Mm. they rely on donations for me, many other organizations, and then individuals that just uh, drop them off at the various shelters. So they are still very much needed. And as Denver kind of struggles to find its way through affordable housing, which is a whole separate conversation, and tents on the sidewalks of Mm -hmm. downtown area. Um, I just have always believed that everyone deserves a warm night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's like sort of our silly tagline. Mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate that we sit here and I can tap on my phone or walk to the thermostat and turn the heat on when I'm cold and turn the air conditioning on when I'm hot. And and, um, many of us maybe take that ability for granted so Mm -hmm. that kind of ties in with just wanting to help the community and give back to the state that i love because i am passionate about colorado and um, definitely colorado proud so um being affected by covid um has impacted so many people um on this that are finding themselves homeless or without means to pay their heating bill so uh, this is just something I can do mm-hmm. and it all require relies on not requires I relies on the help of our supporters mm-hmm. so we take uh, donations through our website mm-hmm. and then I do take um, used or new sleeping bags oh okay so just the other day um, I picked up about 13 sleeping bags from one of the drop-off spots which mm-hmm. is um, a business called sleep nation mm-hmm. on Colorado Boulevard and I think their cross street is Louisiana. So it's a great okay. mattress store, uh, uh-huh. Sleep Nation. And so they are a drop-off spot. So like when they're open, anyone can walk in and say, I'm dropping off a sleeping bag. And then they let me know when there's a couple there to pick up. So I picked mm-hmm. them all up. And then I got them to an organization like the next day. Mm-hmm. I try not to be in possession of bags myself. Mm-hmm. I do get contacted by those saying, I found myself homeless. I'm living in my car. And unfortunately, like nine out of 10 times, I'm not able to help them. Because if I'm stockpiling sleeping bags in my garage, mm-hmm. it means they're not getting used that night. Mm-hmm. And I 
just that's not again how I wanted to set up sleep type. Mm-hmm. It's also just challenging to meet up with an individual in a mm-hmm. space that is a location that is safe for both parties. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I work with the organizations that have outreach programs in place and they distribute the sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. So um, I list out almost all the organizations on our website, which is sleeptightcolorado.org. Mm-hmm. And you can click on um, the beneficiaries area and learn a little bit about the groups that we donate bags to around the state. And then you can also click on the donate now and learn about um, how to make a donation by check or credit card through our website's PayPal account. Um, and that's really like kind of what we need from people. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tapped out. I yeah. sit here now and it's, it's almost November 1st and mm-hmm. um, I have no money in the coffers mm-hmm. because I've used all money donated last year. Mm-hmm. And um, until we have another type of fundraising event, I, I'm out. The other sad part is that in January of each year, I've been so lucky to host an anniversary party. And mm-hmm. this year would have been our 10th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And have a silent auction. And then usually the locations that we go to also support back. So mm-hmm. if we go to a brewery, they'll donate a dollar for each beer sold that day or during mm-hmm. the party event. Mm-hmm. And I know you've come to many. Mm-hmm. And so we won't um, be able to do that this year unless I find some kind of virtual platform, yeah. which I'm open to ideas, listeners. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's really hard to ask any restaurant or bar or brewery to, to donate now right. because they too are struggling yeah. in this time. And yeah. I have trouble like asking for anything right now. Definitely. So the silent yeah. auction was all items donated from businesses around town yeah. or individuals would make a donation of an mm-hmm. item that they purchased. So I do think the next um, year is going to be very challenging for nonprofits across the board, mm-hmm. not just me. But unfortunately, um, our, our number of sleeping bags is half that for this year from mm-hmm. where it normally is. Mm-hmm. So I was just looking up today to be a little prepared for you. <laughs> so to date, we have donated 331 sleeping bags for the yeah, year, that's awesome. which is always better than zero. Yeah. Um, and normally, though, the last um, five or so years were closer to the like 600 to 700 mm. over the year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you don't have to donate to me, but just know that people are out there needing help. And there's yeah. so many great ways to support the homeless. Uh, simple things with the Denver Rescue's Thanksgiving meal coming up, and they mm-hmm. are planning on collecting turkeys the days up before Thanksgiving okay. at the shelter downtown. And, mm-hmm. and it's super easy, you know, buy an extra turkey when you're at the store, mm-hmm. or if you're not cooking a turkey, buy one super affordable with your King Supers card mm-hmm. or Safeway card and drop one off, um, you know, and make a donation online to those organizations. Another really popular item requested by the homeless are socks. Okay. Because if your feet um, yeah. get nasty, yeah. that impacts mobility. Yeah. So there's a great organization in town called Socket to Em. Okay. And um, I met the owners or the founders years ago. And it's a super cool organization that promotes even young people. Like uh, 
as, as young as Zephyr, nine years old, starting up a sock drive at their school. Like they've I set it up that. so that people across the nation can start up their own little chapter. I love it. So that's a great organization because, again, socks are highly needed item. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard they're like the most requested item. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I was planning to save this for the end, and, but I'd like to just kind of slip it in a couple of times. How can people um, help and where can they go? Like, what, where would you direct people who are like really moved by what you're saying and who want to contribute? Well, thank you. If you want to contribute directly to Sleep Tight Colorado, you can find us on our website, Sleep Tight Colorado, and it's T-I-G-H-T.org. Mm-hmm. And then we're on Facebook as well. And um, there's just so many great organizations. So if you visit our website again and click on the beneficiaries area, you'll see all the organizations that we donate to the most frequent. Mm-hmm. And you can make donations directly to them. Yeah. They'd be very appreciative. All yeah. of they, all the posts, um, sorry, all the organizations have links to their fa- websites as well. Mm-hmm. And so... We take donations year round, and as I get money donated, I buy sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. So help me fill the coffers because we that. are on empty. <laughs> um, and that's okay. It's okay that I get a bank statement that's like, you have $10 um, because <laughs> it means the money is being spent. Yeah. So we are a very frugal organization, as I mentioned, no paid employees. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty much like money goes to pay for the website mm-hmm. and business insurance. And mm-hmm. like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try that's to cool. take every donation and have it go to sleeping bags. And then I usually pay for the rest. That's awesome. Well, um, I love it. I can't believe it's been 10 years. It's just amazing. Yeah. And when I started Sleep Tight, um, I really thought that like 75 bags a year was like really good. Yeah. Um, And I did that in three months. Yeah. Because everyone was so supportive. Oh, cool. And I guess I should back up really quick and just say like why I started Sleep Tight. Yeah. Yeah. So um, back to... 11 years ago, we were in our recession mm-hmm. and things were tough. Mm-hmm. And um, I am a designer, but very sales motivated, financially motivated. Like that's like how my brain is wired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say it's like type A with a side of design. So I was <laughs> super fortunate during the recession to keep my job, mm-hmm. even though we all took pay cuts and commission cuts. Like I was still really thrilled to have my job, but it mm-hmm. seemed so stressful. Yeah. Um, and everything was like sales, money talk. And I needed something outside of that. And yeah. so even though things were challenging, at large, I kept my lifestyle, mm-hmm. which was skiing almost every weekend in the wintertime mm-hmm. and going to the theater. And I would go home from the theater and drive past what is now a beautiful hotel, but at the time was a former bank closed downtown. Mm-hmm. And there would be individuals huddled underneath the... like. Um, the the bank entry and uh were cold and um and just thought I need to give back yeah so I thought about this for quite a while and 
Now I'm going to jump back even farther is my Aunt Carol, who uh, lived in New York City mm-hmm. my whole life, her whole life. Um, she is my mom's sister. And she and I were super tight when I was younger. It was really normal. You might balk at this. Imagine Zephyr. My mom would put me on the bus mm-hmm. in our town in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I was definitely a single digit age, like mm-hmm. eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I would take it into the Port Authority in New York City. And my aunt would meet me at the bus door, just wow. like you would meet someone at a plane back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then I would spend this you know, weekend with her one or two nights. And then she'd put me back on the bus and I would get off in town and my mom knew to be there. Yeah. So that was very normal. So yeah. I grew up going to New York a lot. And um, even in high school, um, went in with friends by ourselves um, was super normal. So um, my aunt had told me how she and friends just amongst themselves collected money to buy sleeping bags for the homeless that they saw so frequently around oh, their area. Uh-huh. So I always kind of thought that was amazing yeah. to give back in that way. Yeah. And that really stayed with me throughout her being ill and passing away. Yeah. And I launched Sleep Tight publicly um, a year after her passing. Oh, okay. Wow. So it kind of is like this family connection yeah. from New York City to what she was doing. But I knew that I needed to like make it a legit 501c3 because mm-hmm. I'll be super honest. I don't think they're listening. If I was going to hit up my mom's good friends <laughs> that I've known like my entire life. It's got to be a write-off. It's got to be a write-off. There you go. <laughs> so... With the help of a friend who is a um, a CPA, Uh she helped guide me through the process of filling out the 501c3 paperwork. Uh Another friend I I also met through Yelp helped build a sleep tight website, super affordable at the time. And bam, in a matter of months of me saying the idea out loud, I actually shared it with my older sister, Cheryl, over dinner one night, and she was like, you can do it. Yeah. It happened. So literally, like, in a four-month period, I cool. put it together, and that wow. was over 10 years ago. That's so, amazing. I love that you're supplementing existing networks and organizations. You're not, like, supplanting what people are doing. You can just, like, collect what what you can and then like plug it in and it gets out there and distributed. Right. My shtick is sleeping bags. People like, Oh, do you want this or that? I'm like, there are organizations that do that. Just like the sock people. Like my shtick is sleeping bags. Yeah. So they are needed. And, um, you know, this is a nationwide problem, but I just focus on the bubble of Colorado metro Mm -hmm. area of Denver. Um, but I've helped mountain communities. Um, so as people reach out, if, I, if I'm if i able, if I know I have an upcoming order of bags coming up, I say, okay, contact me like in a month. Let me see if I can get you anything, which mm-hmm. might be only 10 bags, mm-hmm. but that's 10 that they didn't have. The same way when I started Sleep Tight, I thought 75 a year was a really good goal. Like that's what probably what I put on my IRS paperwork. Yeah. And here we are, and it's been amazing community support it really is like people come to the 5k they have been coming since the first one and hopefully you know they they'll be back next summer i Mm -hmm. hope we're back next summer Mm -hmm. that's a can of worms yeah Yeah. so i would give up my 
free time of reading more and getting more hikes in if I can have the 5K again next summer safely Yeah. in City Park. So I love these stories. I really hope we're there. Let me look at the date because I already have it. Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me get to the calendar. 21. Can you imagine? I mean, we're almost into the new year. Okay, one... So I'm grandfathered in. It'll be August 21st. So okay, we are there because it's on my calendar. So okay, listeners, get your your 5K <laughs> pajamas ready. <laughs> I I did do several 5K walks and runs like to promote the virtual run this summer. That's awesome. So from my house, I'm equal distance to two different really nice parks. Um. Put it on your calendars. What's the date again? August 21st. August 21st. Please let us all be safely together. Be there or be square. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't intended to be rude. Mm -hmm. This is the first interview I've done, except with Thomas, where like the interviewee can see me. Mm -hmm. And I've been over here trying to pull up your Yelp review of Casa Bonita. Okay, we're ready. Okay. This is a lot of fun, and we haven't been able to spend time together in ages. Okay, yeah, this is great. I'm having a great time. Okay, where'd it go? So, do you know, as of today, which is October 30th, are they closed officially or closed because of COVID? What do you know? So, what I know is they're closed because of COVID, Okay. They haven't made any public statements about like what their future holds, mm-hmm. um, but they're like back in I think it was late April, early May. Um, a bunch of employees were saying that their last um, paychecks bounced. Right, I remember. Excuse me, and, I remember hearing that from you. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, that has not been resolved. That is a shame. And they took down their website. If you go to CostaBonitaDenver.com, yeah, it's not. Because, like, even restaurants that have just announced they are um, hibernating. Yeah. Using air quotes again over here. Hibernating, which is, I used to joke my grandparents hibernated in uh, Florida for the (laughs) wintertime. They flew down there and were gone for months. Um, as so far that's as you're not concerned, a good they're like hibernating. Paying to have maintain a yeah. website um, is really, really affordable. Like your hosting. That's just like baseline stuff. Right. So they could have just done that and like said, like, we'll be back. Yeah. Pray for us. Hope yeah. we're back for your kids' sanity or yeah. your sanity for your kids. Okay. So um, as of right now, Casa Bonita is a mere two miles by bird. Um mm. If we were flying with two and a half stars out of five and 1,818 reviews. Which, 18. as a seasoned Yelper. That's a lot. Is that a lot reviews. of reviews? Yeah. But they've also been around a long time. How long is Yelp? They just had a big anniversary. Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to look it up. Oh, I attended several of the fun events. Like, they had a magician virtual party. Um 16 years. Yeah, it was their sweet 16. Thank you. July 2004. So then I think, okay, 1,818 reviews is actually not so many over 16 years. Is that not? Years. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, Casa Bonita has been open since 19. 5,000 reviews. 74. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's like, yeah. 
Casa Bonita doesn't inspire everyone to write reviews. You know, I mean, Casa Bonita is Casa Bonita. Like, <laughs> one of my guests was like, True statement. <laughs> it's not about the food. <laughs> oh, yes. It is definitely not about the food to any adult. Yeah. Maybe to a kid who just wants a pile of melted cheese on a plate of something underneath. Maybe. They're good. I have heard, so 100% of the people who have been, you might change the statistic today, right now. This is the power that you have, Meredith. Doubt it, but let's go. 100% of the people I've talked to so far have said that the sopapillas are good. Yes. Um, so I actually, before you came over, looked back at my review. Mm-hmm. Which, while there are some grammatical or spelling typos, um, the last sentence is really funny of my review. And I talk about other things, but the last part, it says, and our server says to us, please don't give me a bad review. (laughs) And what did you do? That is how the night ended. (laughs) Um, I went there Six years ago, because a girl who be who was a friend yeah. um, was leaving town, moving out of state, and it had been her desire that that would be her going away meal. Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of us, 30-something-year-olds, went there for dinner, and um, my official last two words of this review are, never, never again, again, exclamation mark. <laughs> so... <laughs> You had a recent guest on um, who talked about her sister coming. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, even if my sister came with my nieces who just turned nine the other day, um, their food level taste is like beyond, Way beyond a melted plate of cheese. I mean, they were eating sushi as like three-year-olds. I don't even eat sushi. So like they would not like the food. They uh-huh. would like the games uh-huh. and the diver. Uh-huh. But the food, they would also, they'd be like, take, take us for a real dinner now. <laughs> that was cute. What are we going to eat? Exactly. <laughs> Did you hear that they are being sued for age discrimination? And no. How could they be sued if they are closed? Is this new lawsuit? This is, well, okay. So the, it's based on actions that took place like two years ago. Mm. But you know how things like statute move. statute of limitations is X number of years, and now they're being sued. Yeah. This, and I, I'm, I'm guessing the lawsuit started a while ago, and it's just now public, you know? But this guy, um, his name is Samuel Hernandez, is um, he was a professional diver for a while, and he had to leave the biz at some point um, because the money wasn't, like sustainable you know to be clear he was a diver at the restaurant or professional diver in the grand scheme in the grand scheme of like the world like he was like a champion diver and maybe an olympian he like set some i don't think he was in the actual olympics but he was like he represented the united states in international competition i'll double check that if he was in the olympics i want to give him credit obviously yeah in fact i'll look it up right now make a note (laughs) but um he you have to keep talking while you're typing come on multitask here (laughs) (laughs) being like a long list i call gts Uh that shit so you just like keep a running list of all things that you have to google when you're (laughs) when you have spare time 
Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't, I haven't confirmed if he's been okay. in the Olympics or not, but, um, professional diver, professional diver. And he's now 76 years old. And he like two years ago applied for a diving job. And this is like a $14 an hour jump from 30 feet in the air gig. And just for a little context, he's set world records of jumping from like 156 feet. Never. I can't even do like five. I, I have like a weird fear of heights. So I do yeah. Too. <laughs> like I do some crazy stuff, but like it takes motivation. Like hard. There's got to be a reason. Yeah. Like a cookie at the end. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, they put it in writing to him in a text message. Like you're just too oh. old. Well, yeah, there, there's a lawsuit. That was problematic. And he's even, like, he went to the Civil Rights Commission, and they were like, oh, yeah, you need to move forward with a lawsuit on this. So, um, I mean, I would probably just go to support him. Yeah. Being a 76-year-old man that wants to dive off of a 30-foot right? cliff like, before a high schooler. I mean. Yeah. But, like, I would go to Casa Bonita for that. <laughs> if they had hired him. But which they did. Right. So we out. don't have to go. Never <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> so if your niece is coming to town and Casa Bonita reopens and they're open for uh, entertainment but not food, I will gladly take them. Do you hear that, Cheryl? <laughs> Next time you come to town with the girls, <laughs> we get a night out and Aunt Claire is taking them out. That is correct. It is on the record. And I'm going to rope my friend Daria into it. So Daria, you've been warned. She doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's a legal contract now, everyone. You've heard it. The last time my nieces were here, they were um, like 10 months old. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. Yeah. How old are they now? They just turned nine. Oh my gosh. They are busy girls. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't even feel the need to read Yelp reviews because I feel like we got some good material about Casa Bonita. We made the tie-in. I'll just say it was really funny when I was in line in the queue to like go up to the counter to order food. I pulled up Yelp and was reading reviews from friends and was laughing so hard that no sound comes out. Like, if you've ever laughed that hard, um, for me, the scene that always gets me in the movies is 40-Year-Old Virgin uh-huh. when he's getting his chest hair waxed. That scene, every time, gets me where I'm laughing so hard, I'm, like, hyperventilating and no sound's coming out. And that is what the Yelp reviews did for me in While line, you were standing in line. Leading up to ordering and figuring out what is, like, a safe item to order. Oh, uh, so, that's amazing. Um, I think, like, it has its place in, like, the kitsch industry. Um, yeah. Because there were places, like, my mom took us to. I have th- two other sisters, so three of us, plus a friend or whoever was with us. Like, where there was entertainment for kids. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that was, like, part of the plan of mm-hmm. theirs to have some free yeah. time. And maybe they had a cocktail while we were running around. And, yeah. and you know, we don't think about it at that age. Um so in that regard, to a parent that wants maybe to like let their children run loose and not have to watch them all, 
but like the food just needs to be a little better yeah. like just a bit a, a smidgen better would go a long way to make those parents want to come back again i think so this is what i think if they reopen they need to um first of all they need to sell their merch online what merch they have like a gift shop and they have like little pins and okay, that say sure. it pleases me to please you and things like that. That sounds creepy. <laughs> Meredith just made a hilarious face for our listeners. Um, but uh, I think that they should just lean into what they're good at. Like focus on the entertainment, you know, improve the... Does it need to be Mexican food? I love Mexican food, but like they're not so just good do, at it. Just do like sopapillas and like nachos and yeah. chips and salsa and margaritas and well, like. I did read my review and apparently it took a very long time to get our drinks. Oh and no! Chips and salsa took over twenty minutes. Okay, so, I'm looking at your review. Um, Can I read it? Only if you promise to like self-edit the, sure. the typos. Again, I wrote this six years ago, probably on a phone, and I gave them one star. All right, go. Go. Okay, one star. Don't go. Not even when a friend is moving away and says she wants to go here because she leaves town. While in line, I was reading reviews from fellow Yelpers that had me laughing out loud. I took their advice and ordered the salad. <laughs> no food poisoning the next day. <laughs> I am not a fan of carrying my tray and waiting to be seated. Then they tried to break up our group of eight. Now that's a no, no. Mm -hmm. And do a six top and a two top nearby. That's that was dumb. The place was pretty empty and we said no to that. Then they placed us in a small room and it was so hot, but they wouldn't move us. Our server said she'd be on top of everything since we were her only table. Well, she got one more table and then sucked. (laughs) It took 20 plus minutes to get our beers and marks ordered. Took just as long for chips and salsa. We did finally get sopapillas, but had to ask for them often. She'd bring a few, and we were eight people. So I ate a bowl of lettuce, didn't eat the fried bowl, and almost three sopapillas, and left hungry. And our server says to us, please don't give me a bad review. Never again. So, did you like my dramatic reading? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've rarely write like and publish a one-star review. I've been yeah. to some places where I've then reached out to the owners directly, maybe even outside of Yelp. Like I find their email on online. Yeah. And and talk to them about like ways to improve or what happened or something. Yeah. But for me to like just go at this. Yeah. For the world to see yeah. with my typos and all um, that summed up our experience. That really so. says something right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. This thank was a delight. You. And this I, was and really fun. I even canceled on Claire like last minute a few weeks ago. <laughs> a client came up and I had I had to be on a job site. I get it. So, um, so, so one more you. time, mm-hmm. how can our listeners connect with you and Sleep Tight Colorado and Design Resource Group? Um, if you need any type of office furniture 
ergonomic assistance, I'm at design-resource.com and again on Facebook. And you've done a lot of stuff recently to help offices with being COVID safe. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, sneeze guards. Mm. I got them. Mm. You need some more <laughs> privacy screens, sneeze guards, whatever you want to call them, dividers. Um, I'm helping a lot of businesses because it's important if you are asking your employees to come back to work. Um, aside from the newest Denver restrictions, but at large, you're asking your employees to come back to work. They need to feel safe there. Mm-hmm. And if you can't make them feel safe, they are not going to come. Right. And they will actually quit their jobs before they come back to a place they feel unsafe. So if I can be of help in that regard, please reach out design-resource.com. And I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that stuff mm-hmm. and Instagram. And then for Sleep Tight Colorado, our website is sleeptightcolorado.org. And you can make donations any time of the day, whether it's daylight savings or not. <laughs> Use that extra hour to make a donation. And 100% of that goes to buy sleeping bags for our homeless in that our state. Wonderful. So that is what I do. And Love it. We just need to help each other. Love it. Because we are all on this world together. Love. Thanks for joining in here this week on the Across the Table with Meredith. If you liked this show, um, you might Since like I'm a real estate agent and my justification for spending group. all this time on this rank, podcast totally is to advertise my real estate business, real estate which is amazing. Thank you. Claire has helped me we always love talking shop, especially if you're thinking about buying or selling a home yourself. In the last you can find us online and it's been at bluebirddenver.com or call our office at 720-989-1362. Need help finding a great agent to work with someone else? Drop us a line. We'll interview agents and even negotiate a contribution towards your closing costs. We look forward to hearing from you know what to do this episode was recorded and edited by me (laughs) music is by diana i think we got it follow the casa bonita (laughs) and on twitter and instagram handle at casa bonita pod be sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes when they're available and if you really want to give this show a boost give us a positive review in apple podcasts or wherever you are listening thanks you're awesome